10 goals. How the hell did they let it get to 10 goals? We'll try to make sense of it on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and are on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sabres and Stars did not go well. That is putting it lightly. We'll try to figure out what the hell happened uh, to Buffalo. Uh, Other than they wore blue at home, which is a death sentence this season. So we got a lot on that. The goaltending situation, I got a thought on Eric Comrie stemming from last night's game to get to a little bit later on. And then, is the playoff race over? Are they already dead? It's meaningful games in March, March 10th. Did it did it die this quickly? We'll go through it. Sabres and Rangers, a little bit of a preview there. And again, I want to get to Eric Comrie's future with this team. Because um, I just, I don't see how there is one. For, for starters. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Uh, as always, if you're looking to chime in on the show, check us out on our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, search Lockdown Sabres. Easiest way to find us there, at Sneaky Joe Sports. Best way to get hold of us uh, on social media on Twitter. 10 to 4. 10 to 4. The second most goals the Sabres have ever allowed in a game. The second most goals a single goaltender has ever allowed in a game for the Sabres. Only Joe Daly allowed more in a game. He allowed 11 to the Montreal Canadiens on November 7th of 1970. That was only the 13th game in Buffalo Sabres history. Was the la- the only time that a single goaltender or the team has allowed more goals in a game. Dallas with 10, including a ton at the end. How did it happen? Why did Eric Comrie stay in for the entirety of the game? Starting with how it happened. Did the Sabres quit is the answer. If you look at the game log and you look at the recap, the game cast, you'll see, oh, Jeff Skinner scored to make it 5-3 with 16 minutes to play. The Sabres were still in it. And then 6-3, 7-3, 8-3, 9-3, all in a three-minute and three-second span. Victor Olsen scores for the Sabres and then with four minutes to play, the Saber, the Stars make it 10 to really increase the embarrassment. Because when you see that extra digit in front, that is when it becomes complete and utter embarrassment. Not that nine isn't, but 10 is a much worse look. How did they get there? A lot of people are saying the Sabres quit. I don't know how I feel about that. It's easy to say. It's almost too easy to say they quit. Because looking at the goals, you can get there pretty quickly. But you know what? I even watched back some of that third period as tough as that was, painful as that was. And like there's Peyton Krebs, you know, going a thousand miles an hour as hard as he can at the end of the game to not let it get to 10. There's, um, you know, there's Kyle Oposo going hard at the end. Not everybody maybe was, but I, I do feel like they're skating. I, I guess you could say they quit. I don't know. I, I don't want to go there entirely, but if you want to tell me they quit, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue with you. 
just because I'm not going to make the argument. I just think it comes down to a couple of things. This team wants to play an offensive style. And when you play an up-and-down style the way they do, which can be reckless at times, it could be risky at times, when you do that and you play a top-level team like Dallas, who is second place in the Western Conference, once in a while, you're going to get blown out like that. And they're going to score a ton of goals on you like that. And I think that was just this was just one of those games. Because honestly, for the style they play, for every 10-4 game against Dallas, there's a 9-3 game against Columbus. For every 7-1 loss to Boston, there's a 6-0 win over the LA Kings. It's a it's why the Sabres are only plus three goal differential on the season and not in the minus. They have a lot of blowouts on their own. Looking back, I think the schedule getting harder is another reason why they have now lost five of six. Their strength of schedule from March on was the second hardest in hockey. And part of what that means is so many of their tougher games were in the last two months of the season, which means they weren't in the first five months of the season. So just by doing the the calculation, the Sabres had a lot of their easier games earlier in the year and a lot of their harder ones in the later stages. So where they were in the standings, yeah, maybe we didn't see it. The, 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 what's the saying? Through the trees, whatever. The, the tougher games being later kind of propped their, their standing up a little bit in terms of point total. Because now that they're playing Toronto and Dallas on a consistent basis, they're getting beaten. They're looking like they're a lesser team. But honestly... It's because they are. They're not as good as the Dallas Stars. They're not as good as the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, I, you'd like to say they're as good as the Islanders. That's the one that really is the big disappointment. They're not as good as the New York Rangers, their next opponent. So strength of opponent is another thing. And maybe the thing I thought about the most during this, this 10-4 onslaught by Dallas, the Sabres forwards cannot defend. Simply put, They can't defend. They have one line of defensively responsible forwards. That's it. All other three have have tons of talent, but do not have any type of maturity in their own end. The Tyson Jost, Kyle Poso, Zemgus Gergensen's line. You can trust them in the defensive zone. That's it. Even Dylan Cousins. And Cousins, I've criticized a little bit on this Friday. Not because he's been worse than the others, but because he's kind of the guy that's expected to be the new Chris Drury, right? The shutdown centerman that can also score 70 plus points, but the two-way guy takes the big face off late in the game when you're up one, penalty kills, defensive, you're Patrice Bergeron, Selkie guy. And let's be real, at least at this stage in the game, at what is Dylan Cousins, 22 years old at 22 years old. That is not Dylan Cousins. He is not a reliable player in his own end. He's fine. He's about replacement level. When you look at his defensive numbers, he is far from a defensive specialist, far from any type of Selkie trophy uh, conversation. And if he wants to play that role someday, I don't even necessarily in saying that he needs to, to earn his contract because the guy's going to maybe put up 80 points this season. But 
that defensive response, defensively responsible player, Selkie conversation guy, he has got miles to go on that front. And the plays that I'll point out in the last two games, just standing in front of the net, not tying up bodies that end up scoring. Against Dallas, he actually ends up banking it in. But there's Ryan Suter charging the net on a two-on-one. Cousins kind of hits it with his skate. And then as he turns, he doesn't tie up Suter. He doesn't even make an effort to tie up Suter. He's just kind of standing there. That happened twice against the Islanders. I even gave Cousins goathead of the night because I thought he was so much better in the offensive zone that I thought he deserved it. But he had those lapses in the defensive zone where he lost Hudson Fashing, the, the and who ended up scoring the game-winning goal. And before that, I think it was Anders Lee scored the second uh, Islanders goal. Cousins has the job of tying up the man in front because both defensemen on the ice for the Sabres are going after their guys behind the net. So Cousins now as the center is responsible for tying up the man in front and he stands behind him and doesn't. And I don't even need Dylan Cousins to bury the guy through the ice, but I need him to try to tie up the the guy's stick. And even that wasn't happening. That is a trend that is not just on Dylan Cousins. It is through the entire Sabres lineup. Now, that is maybe in part because they're the youngest team in hockey. Maybe that is something that will get better as time goes on, as those players mature, their bodies, they get a little, they get a little bit stronger. They they mentally get the game a little bit faster. I, I'd like to believe that is something that will come with maturity, but it is not present in their game right now, is defensive responsibility through the four lines. It's not just their style of play in Granado's system. I think a lot of it is the players too. The other thing I got to throw in, of course, just got to got to throw a shot into the goaltending. How can I not? The expected goals for in this game for Dallas was about four, four. That's a lot. An expected goals for four is a lot. It's not ten. Eric Comrie being six goals below expected, pitiful. And I'll get to Comrie in a little bit. Can't be on this team next year. I one last thing on this game. Ten to four. All the goals blend in, right? I don't even want to pick them apart one by one. Um, so many different, so many different problems on each goal. How did Don Granado let Eric Comrie stay in there for ten? Now, I'm, I'm a little bit of defense for Granado. There was never an easy time to pull Comrie. It was three nothing near the end of one, and I thought there was an opportunity to pull Comrie in the first intermission and allow Lukanen to start the second period, but. Jordan Greenway scored with 25 seconds to go in the first to make it 3-1. So, did he need to wake his team up? Maybe he thought the Greenway goal had already done that. Maybe just the the third goal by Jamie Benn had already done that. So, he leaves Comrie in for the second. Okay. We get to the end of the second. 5-2. I guess you could have done it there, but 5-2, you know, not a lot of goalies get pulled, especially in this team when that happens a lot. Then the third period gets going. And look where Dallas starts to rattle off their goals halfway through the period and beyond the nine twelve mark, the nine forty one mark. Then it's seven to three. At that point, you might think, okay, that's eight, three with 11 minutes to go seven to three and eight to three. Granado might think, well, there's eight, nine minutes left. Am I going to pull him with eight minutes left? Nine minutes left. Let me just, let me get through this and leave him in the, the point in time in which I think Granado had to pull him. And there is an excuse for not doing it. The 9-3 goal that Roop Hint scores with 7.45 to go on the clock. There is damn near eight minutes left on the clock. 
and they're now at nine. If I'm Don Granado, I cannot let Eric Comrie hang out to dry for a 10th goal. I cannot allow that to happen. You can't, it, you inexcusable to me. You can't, I don't care. It's Luke Ukapeka Lukanen's birthday, right? And you don't want to throw him out there in that situation with the players playing the way they are. I don't care. You can, you got, you got a responsibility to Eric Comrie there. And I'm, I'm about to tell you in, you know, 10 minutes here that he shouldn't even be on the team anymore. Um, so maybe you think I'm a hypocrite, but I, if I'm that head coach, man, as, as someone that played hockey, I, I know I've, I've played hockey. I hate being that guy, but you know, on a beer league level or like when I was a kid, man, it almost makes my blood boil that you can let your goalie be out there for 10. Cause that 10 mark, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Goalies will lose sleep at night. Eric Comrie probably didn't sleep last night. And now he will always have that on his resume. He allowed 10 in a game. You can't leave him out there to allow 10 in a game. It, it Inexcusable. I, I could not believe Don Granado did it. And maybe I'm overreacting to it. The game was long gone anyway, and it's a goaltender that's probably not a part of their future. But, man, a bad job. I, you cannot let your goalie stay out there for 10. You can't. It's bad. It's just, it was a bad job, I thought. Um, you should have pulled him after 9-3. Just, just to end it. Don't let it the embarrassment continue for him. So, I thought he let Comrie down in that moment. Um, time out here. Is the hunt dead? I, I kind of, we'll, we'll talk about what happened on Friday night. I mean, the standings don't look good. You might not want to pay attention to them. Um, but we'll, 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 we'll talk about whether or not the playoff race is over. And then a little bit on Sabres and Rangers. And I got some on Eric Comrie's future after just defending him there. I, you know, not going to be too nice, uh, coming up here. 10 to four Dallas stars over the Buffalo Sabres, utterly embarrassed. Uh, one positive note, goat head of the night. You know what? Goat head of the night. Who's the player of the game? Jeff Skinner. Jeff Skinner was out there trying, man. He really was. He was putting an effort. He got a goal. He got an assist and quietly he set his career high in points, 65 points on the season in 61 games. He had never topped 63. The man that has played, th- think about this, Jeff Skinner, the man who has played the most games in NHL history without a playoff appearance was the guy going hard in that game, was the guy that scored a goal and didn't quit. Jeff Skinner, who is the only individual in the world, in the hockey world, that has a longer playoff drought than a Sabre fan, which is true. The Sabres are about to miss, if they do, miss the playoffs for a 12th consecutive year. Skinner has missed the playoffs 13 years in a row. The only individual on earth in hockey that has a longer playoff drought than a Sabre fan, he was the one in the third period that you saw still going after it. So feel for Jeff Skinner a little bit on this day. But again, uh, good for him to set his career high in points and rub it in wherever Ralph Kruger's face is a little bit. Uh, When we come back, The Hunt, the Sabres-Rangers game, and Eric Comrie. That's ahead here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. And as always, we are presented here on the show by FanDuel Sportsbook. It is past the midway point of the NBA season. We're getting closer to the playoffs, close to playoff time in hockey as well. Playoff races in both the East and the West. And, of course, conference tournament season in college basketball and the tournament is about is less than a week away it is the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sports book by the way had a pretty good night you know maybe your saving grace against that uh again that Sabres Stars game was if you if you took my advice on Sabres are uh Stars minus a goal and a half or also um 
what was the other over six and a half goals? I mean, the stars got there on their own. Uh, should have done that at FanDuel Sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. as bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything. Money line, point scores, threes drained. Uh, the one bet I did lose yesterday, but you can bet on this. Goalie props over under on saves. Plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Sneaky Joe DiBiase back on the Locked On Sabres podcast at Locked On Sabres if you want to follow us on Twitter. Is the playoff race over? Do we have to kill the segment, the hunt, updating the out-of-town scoreboard? Maybe this is the last time we'll do it. The Islanders beat the Penguins in overtime. The worst thing that could have possibly happened. I Like, the Sabres already lost 10-4, to and then everything goes wrong on the night. You wanted a, a game to end in regulation with a Pittsburgh victory. You got the complete polar opposite. You got the Islanders winning in overtime, which means they get two and the Islanders and the Penguins get one. So the Sabres are six points behind the Penguins for a playoff spot with no games in hand. They are eight points behind the Islanders with three games in hand. Also, Ottawa wins. They beat the Seattle Kraken late on Thursday night. They are now two points above the Sabres, and they are closing in on a playoff spot. So is the race dead? It pretty much is moneypuck.com, puckluck.com, wherever you want to look. The Sabres are about 3.5% to make the playoffs. That's that's maybe that's about dead. It would take a miracle. And the way it's looking right now with the Islanders hot streak, they have got 15 of their last uh of the last possible 20. They won three in a row. They have be, they have they have move the line up a little bit for what it will take. It looked like it was going to take about 92 points for a while to make the playoffs. Now it's looking more and more like 95 is going to make the playoffs. And if that's the case, the Sabres are going to have to win 13 of their final 18 games to get in. That That's going to be, they're going to have to go on a run. And remember, they play a lot of tough teams. So they really cost themselves in these the six-game stretch where they have only won one and only gotten two of a possible 12. Had they gotten six of a possible 12, 500 hockey, you know, then we'd be talking about them being two points out. That's the difference. That's all it is. They, I, I told you last week when they entered this stretch, don't do what Detroit did. Detroit, Detroit fell out of the race in a week. Because you can't afford those three-game losing streaks. You can't afford those six-game streaks where you only win one. You can't do it. You do it once, and you're out. That's it. It's All it takes is one. Because a t- there were six teams. Not everybody was going to have a stretch like that. So if you have one, you're basically out. And that's essentially what has happened here to the Sabres. They had that one streak that they couldn't afford. And they're out. 3%. 97% chance they're not going to make it. And teams to climb over. Washington has surpassed them now, uh, although the Sabres have two games in hand. You know, if you want any positivity out of this segment, it would be you still have the games in hand thing on the Islanders. If you win your three games in hand, and you do they even technically, no, they wouldn't control their own destiny. But if you win your three games in hand on the Islanders and you beat them head-to-head, you're tied in the standings. That's the most positive spin I could put it. But think about what you have to do. 
now to get back to being even. You have to win all three of your games at hand, and you have to beat them head-to-head. You need four things to happen just to get even. And at the moment, they would have the tiebreaker. So you don't control your own destiny. They'll try to get back on track on Saturday. Five o'clock puck drops, Sabres and Rangers. And it could be the fourth star goaltender that the Sabres face in a row. They had Jake Ottinger, Ilya Sorokin. Um, I'm missing somebody in there. These games are all blended together. Oh, Andre Vasilevsky. And now they're going to get maybe Igor Shesterkin. We'll see who the Rangers end up going with. Um, but they do not play tonight. So it would be within, it would make sense that they would go back to Shesterkin. The Rangers are a Stanley Cup contender. It's plain and simple. Now, they've not been playing great hockey as of late. They've only won four of their last ten. Um, they acquired Patrick Kane. He scored his first goal for them the other night in a win. Um, Kane's playing a lot of power play minutes for them, you know, middle six type minutes. Uh, offensive specialist, exactly what you would expect, but he's fitting in there. The The problem is the Rangers are deep, and the Sabres still don't have Alex Tuck back, and Darlene is does not look healthy. He does not look healthy. It was his worst game maybe of his career. I mean, his expected goals for percentage uh, against the Stars, it was the worst. He was the worst player between both teams of any Sabre. Uh, and that's why the Sabres at home are a, a underdog. Plus 126 against the Rangers. Uh, plus one and a half on the puck line at minus 184. Uh, I am not expecting good things from the Sabres the way they're looking right now. But, man, Let's see. Let's see if Don Granato can fight a, a light a fire under their butts um, and get that win against the Rangers because they got to get back on track here. They can't just beat the bad teams. There's not enough bad teams left to play. They're going to have to upset some good ones, and here's an opportunity against the Rangers. If it were me, I would go to Craig Anderson. I would go to Craig Anderson or Lukanen. I would not go back to Comrie, and I'll tell you why when we come back. What's going on with Eric Comrie, his future, and the go- Sabres goalie situation as a whole um, after that guy gave up 10. We'll go come back and talk about that here in the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. Final segment with the Lockdown Sabres podcast here, Joe DiBiase. Okay, before we run out of time here, I got a thought about Eric Comrie. And maybe I've shared this before, but now to me it is definitive. Before, maybe I was just hypothesizing and, and wondering. It's over for Eric Comrie. To me, if it were me, And I would even hazard to guess that this has now entered the Sabres' minds as well, that it's over, that you can't can't go back to him. And I don't even mean for the rest of this season. I mean ever. I, on this day, March 10th, I'll say it, and maybe I've said this before, actually. March 10th, 2023, write it down. I'm saying... I never need to see Eric Comrie play in a Buffalo Sabres uniform again. I don't need to see it. I feel bad for him that he was hung out to dry, that he was left out there to get picked apart and let Dallas score 10 on him. But the guys had his opportunity. The Sabres have given him his opportunity. You might think 17 games, that's not much of a chance, especially with an injury in there. He's now started one more game than he did last year in Winnipeg. He has started 41 games in his entire career. Only Almost half of his starts for his career have come this season. Winnipeg, Detroit, and New Jersey all got their hands on Eric Comrie in a six-year stretch. And in six years, how many starts did he get? 24. 24. The Sabres have given Eric Comrie more of an opportunity than any other team in six years. 
He's had his chance, and he's one of the worst goaltenders in hockey. And the 10 goals, yeah, it's going to put him right there at the bottom, but he was already at the bottom. He was already near the bottom in expected goals for. He's already near the bottom in save percentage. Listen, it's not his fault that he signed up to play on a team that plays high event style the way the Sabres do. The Playing goalie for the Sabres is as hard, if not harder, than being the goalie on any other team. It's not Boston, where they limit a bunch of chances from the middle. It's not the Islanders, who play a boring style and play the trap in neutral ice. Granado plays up and down. They are very risk-averse. But that's, the, that's reality, right? The Sabres are going to need a goaltender that's capable of, you know, holding down the fort while the rest of the team takes their chances and wants to play run-and-gun hockey. And Eric Comrie has proven he can't play in that system. He can't be the goalie for a team that plays that system. It's over. It's over. I know he's got another year left in his contract. Figure something out. Put him in Rochester. Have him be the backup for Devin Levi or split time with him or trade him to another team that will either make him the backup or will make him be a starter in the AHL. Find a place for him to go. But the cap hit, the Sabres aren't near the cap anyway. The cap hit, is only 1.8 million. So the Sabres could save 1.1 million of that by burying him in the minors, get it down to 700,000, $700,000 for this team. I mean, whatever. So I, I feel bad for the guy after that game last night, but it's over. It has to be over. You cannot, if you're the Sabres and you are Kevin Adams, you cannot, cannot enter the 23, 24 season with Eric Comrie being one of the two goaltenders. Can't happen. I don't care what he does from here to the rest of the season. You can't trust him. He cannot be one of your goaltenders. And that's assuming Lukanen's going to be one of them. And he's going to, right? Anderson, I would bet, is going to retire. I know I said that last year, but especially now that you you just know you can't count on him for a lot of games. You need another guy you can count on for games if somebody gets hurt. Anderson into retirement. Uh, Lukanen is going to be here. I There's going to be one other goalie next to Lukanen. That one other goalie simply cannot be Eric Comrie. It can't. Uh, by the way, the, the numbers I referenced, like he's near the bottom. I'll give you some some real numbers to that. Uh, goal saved above expected. Comrie is minus 9.8 on the season. That ranks 69th out of 74. The, real, the proper way to go about uh, goal saved above expected is per 60 minutes of ice time, but he's about the same there. He is 68th out of 74. The only goalies worse than Eric Comrie this year are Jonathan Quick, Jack Campbell, Capo Kakinen, Elvis Merzlikens, Spencer Martin, and Cal Peterson. 67 goalies have been better. Get me one of those 67 goalies. <laughs> Just you've got to upgrade. You've got to upgrade. Eric Comrie's time. Maybe it is over. That's what I wonder. Here, that, that's what I would do. Let me let me speak to what the what I think the Sabres will do, which is a bit of a different question. I I'm not confident they're gonna bench him the rest of the year. I don't want to rule it out, though. They could just go Lukanen and Anderson the rest of the way. And I'll even throw Devin Levi's hat in the ring now. As the Sabres fall out of the playoff race, maybe the door opens for Devin Levi signing out of college and going right to the Sabres for the rest of this season before going back to Rochester for the entirety of next year. Kind of, you know, try to get a judgment on how close he is. The only way I think that happens, though, if the Sabres are out of the race. but. By the time Devin Levi's season is over in a couple of weeks, they might be out of the race. So if Levi comes here and wants to get a couple of games in, 
Comrie's definitely done. Lukanen getting more games. I, I just, he could be done for the season. I do think at this point in time, the Sabres would agree with me. Kevin Adams, Don Granado, and an honest moment at this point in time, I bet you they would agree with me in the thinking of you can't have him be one of your goalies next year. I would be surprised. I won't say stunned, but I would be surprised if the Sabres entered next season with Comrie being one of their two goalies. I I think Adams, Adams has got to see it. He's got to know he's smart. He's too smart. His analytics department is too smart. Um, the people around him, even if he wants to give it another go and maybe Adams on his own says, I can't do it. But I think that that I have too much faith right now in that front office, even though I'm not, you know, faith, I have some faith. I have too much faith to believe that they'll come back with Eric Comrie. All right. That's going to do it for us today here on the lockdown Sabres podcast. Enjoy Sabres and Rangers. And hopefully we're talking to you uh, after that game about a Sabres win and them getting closer in the standings. If you want to get a comment or a question in on the air, uh, feel free to, to comment locked on Sabres on YouTube or on my Twitter at sneaky Joe sports or at locked on Sabres. Thanks for making us your first listen here on this Friday. Now, if you're looking for another listen, go to Locked On Game to Game. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.